Hey, you guys, and welcome to the Steel Wars Roundtable. I feel like my face is two-faced. One's in shadow and one's not. So that is very um, quite the metaphor for how I have evolved with this episode over the past 24 to 36 hours. Who can count? It's been a busy week. I'm Steel Saunders. I do love Star Wars. And welcome to the Steel Wars Roundtable. If you're watching live on YouTube, you are listening on the podcast that you can subscribe to on iTunes, wherever you do that. The Patreon podcast, maybe you're on Twitter, seeing this on uh, Periscope or Facebook. Facing the book. Welcome all. And we are here to discuss a real thinker in the Mandalorian franchise, um, The Believer. And to do that, we have uh, assembled quite a squad from the Blue Harvest podcast. We've got Hawes. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Thanks for having me, buddy. Thanks for being had. How's the um, the ever-present glow of this new era of Boba Fett uh, treating you? Pretty great. Pretty stoked. Excellent. From the Star Wars Friends show, we've got Maggie. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. And um, we haven't seen him for the rest of the season, but just over your shoulder, you've got the galaxy's greatest haircut, Cobb <laughs> Vance. Most handsome boy, second to Din Jaren. Oh, well, let's just, let's just, just put a simmer on that heat. Until we get there, don't worry. I've got I've got frame grabs. I I I I I knew um what would uh, make our guests feel welcome and happy. From the Sith list, we've got Les. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How's everybody else doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Now, how's this? You had um Boo came on the show last week. <laughs> Yes, he did. He did his Naboo trivia, made famous on the Sith list. Okay. Because it's, it's, it's always horrible and messed up. And then he Nabooed us on the Naboo and just did a normal quiz. It was very confusing. Well, that's the thing about Naboo. It's supposed to be confusing. So you got the, the full experience. Yeah, it was like the <laughs> like the snake oil grifter like actually had a good product for us. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And you're, you're dumbfounded because it worked. And you're All like, right. wait, what? What? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was, I was left confused and afraid. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, don't worry. He 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 lit us up for revenge. He got us for revenge. So don't worry. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> um, very to ha- happy to have from the Geeky Bubble Pod. It's Jonah Marie. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for for having me. Now, in your background, I love doing it on the video thing because it's like one of my favorite things about doing like interviews with people and stuff about Star Wars, you go to their house and you get to see all their cool stuff. And I, I often um, have to say, oh, just give me five minutes just to like slack your, like I just need to take this in before I can focus on you again. Like it's, it's but you in your background have got some amazing um like Rebels art, Ahsoka art going on there. Is that like by you or is that like other fan art? No, I wish it was by me. That would be awesome. But no, I'm not at that level yet. (laughs) No, but that's just art that I've gathered over the years. And I thought I'm in a new place. I might as well put them up because 
Otherwise, they're just going to gather dust in a, in a box somewhere. Please, please. <laughs> the art in boxes is just a, a tragic thing. It's travesty, right? <laughs> and I do have to point out, for those that are just uh, listening on the podcast, when I mentioned how I like seeing people's backgrounds, Hawes looked behind himself yeah. and went, hey, man, I've got like an arcade machine, 87 no, pops. I was just making sure it didn't look all messed up or something. I, I, was, not, I was more of being like paranoid than being like, self-conscious. Because you didn't yeah. say anything about Street Fighter. <laughs> and um, this guy's background says so much. This is um, <laughs> our pink, our pink skulled friend um, from the Robo Report. Hey, how, how are you doing, Robo? I'm good, Steel. I'm, I'm happy to be joining you tonight. You, you've got to open your mouth wider when you're talking because you, your I'm mouth isn't open. That's happy too. Hey, look, I, I don't have a tongue. You're lucky you can hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I watched the episode again today and there, there's still a couple of little plot points that I just don't get. Um, face scanning for one. Um, but I kind of realized I just went negative on this because it was sort of confirmed throughout the day that there's going to be this, um, galactic squadron. What's it, what's it called? Horse help, help me out. Rogue squadron. No, the Galactic Soldiers or the the Rangers, oh, Rangers. The Rangers? Of, the new, of the New Republic. Yes, it's been a long it's been a long couple of days. And then um as I was watching the, the the start of the episode I'm like, "Oh, well, that's Cara Dune and Bill Burr are the stars of this show." And then that sort of like for the rest of it I was like, Ugh. "But um I guarantee Bill Burr is in that show." The, the like his face turn and set up in this episode, that was on the second watch. I was like, Bill Burr's in Star Wars forever now. He has done it. But um, I watched it again with clear eyes and a clear heart. And, oh, my God, it was just, it was it, it was some damn good Star Wars. I know Robbo's been hanging out for this episode all season because it's what he calls is, what is it, the better Rick or whatever? What, what uh, do you call him, Robbo? It was originally the good Rick, but you objected to that on account of some other guy. So I said, okay, how about my Rick of preference, the preferred oh, Rick? Okay. All right. I'll stick with my prequel Rick, McCollum, my boy. But I know you're looking forward to it um, all season. You haven't been that high on the season. You've been hard but fair. How did um, preferred Rick treat you this time around? Oh my God! This is the <laughs> best thing I have seen in since since his first episode. Um, I, I, I uh, like the he did episode two with the Jawas and everything, which I think is seriously underrated, considering how much important stuff it gets out there. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I loved uh, episode six of last season, and this one I think is is even better than episode six. It's uh, I, I can't stress. I mean, it's as you said. Like, I'm not crazy, and I wouldn't say like I've been uh, down on the other parts of the season. Like, I don't think there's there's there was one incident that Hawes is aware of, 
uh, where I, because I was so afraid of being spoiled, I, I made the mistake of watching it for the first time on my tiny little phone. And everything looks bad when you do that. Just don't do it. You know, <laughs> like it's, and if you're like, and I'm like, I'm the kind of person who's like, who's more scared of anything that I won't like some Star Wars thing. It's like a very painful thing. Uh but it happens all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, I have good reason to be scared, but, um, but yeah, like other than that, where, when I watched it on a proper big screen, I really liked it. Uh, I, I've enjoyed the season. It's just, I think the difference for me is that for a lot of star Wars fans, what they love most is the characters, their favorite characters. And they don't care how or why they're appearing. They just, they want to see it. And that is it for them. It's the best, like, you know, uh, the fact that, uh, Ahsoka Tano, right, who's been in I, I don't know how many, I mean, can anybody guess how many hours of Star Wars content there is in canon with Ahsoka? Se- se- 74. Yeah, it's <laughs> good guess, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's a lot, right? But for her to appear in person is like a huge deal for people because that's what they're in it for. They're in it for their favorite characters. For me, it's really the world of star Wars that I love so much. And I don't really, I mean, I don't want bad characters, certainly not, but I don't need to see like all my favorites show up again for me to get something out of it. In fact, like the more things I recognize in it, the less I, um, the, the more, the harder it is for me to get into it. Cause it, I, all I can think about is like, is this like, or how big is this galaxy? Is it, you know, like, is ever, are you going to, is this going to be like the Forrest Gump of Star Wars where he just runs into everybody uh, on his way to, to, to do something, you know, but it's well, anyway, but that's why I think I, I had a hired. How do you, how do you take that take, Joan Marie? Because you're a fan that I bet would like this show or a show to bump in to a couple of cartoon characters, animated characters, um, how have you found this season with, with the cameos and uh, all that good stuff? I've honestly been struggling a little bit with it because uh, Ahsoka, I felt she could have been done a little bit better uh, in terms of her personality and her just overall look. And so I, I was initially just excited to see her, but then it kind of waned a bit with everything that was happening outside of the universe as well as how she was portrayed in the universe and i'm excited to you know see ezra or other characters like that just every once in a while but not as a not telling their whole story in live action i'm i'm an animation fan first and foremost so i would like to see their stories especially that search for ezra story in animation rather than in live action well i'm a heathen because I respect things more when there's a, it's live action. I, it just just from my preference. Like, no, I need to log off this instant. Where's the <laughs> <laughs> exit button? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I wish, and that's a mentality that I feel like a lot of people fall under, where they you know think that cartoons are second to live action, and I wish cartoons were more appreciated for what they bring to the universe. Yeah, I, it's just it's 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 my upbringing. It, it, it's just how it was. So what you um, your parents are like anti-cartoon. Like, what kind of household did you grow up in? Let's not like get into that. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's it's time we had to talk about wabbits. Yeah, wabbits are. 
Wes will be here till one o'clock, and he, he promised me he didn't want to do that. Uh, yeah, Wes, that's ha- right. ha- how did you find this episode and um, the the season thus far since we last spoke? Well, I will say it, it kind of felt like the wind was taken from the sails with, you know, the, fir- the, the previous two episodes were really had a lot of adrenaline in it, you know, like it had, had major. So it kind of felt off. But as the episode went on, and you see, like you said, Mayfeld's face turn and him, you know, the, the, the emotion he brought to that moment before he draws and pulls the trigger on the on his old commander was that alone sealed it for me. Like that made it, you know, just what I'm liking is, is that all the directors, even Rick uh, Famuyiwa, they've been able to maintain this certain tone. You know, it, it all still looks and feels. It doesn't look like different directors are doing these things. And it was just another solid episode. This has been a great second season for any show out there. I would say for any show out there, th- this second season has been really, really good. It is like gold tier as far as I go. What precious medal are you awarding this season thus far, Maggie? Uh, Beskar. <laughs> ah, nice. It's from that show that we watch. Yeah, it's like a little show. I, I mean, most people haven't heard of it. The 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 Yodo the Yodo show the one with Yoda yeah Gro Gro Grogot. How 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 did you find this one, Maggie? I loved it. So this was the culmination of everything I have been waiting for. I have had like this whole philosophy about Den. And the people throughout the season that have put cracks in his armor. And then they literally took his armor off, had his his stormtrooper armor literally get cracked. And then he took his helmet off. And it was literally everything I've wished for. And honestly, this entire season has just been like one hit after the other. And I am loving it. I had like this wish list back in October when I launched my YouTube se- like channel and every single one of my wish list things have been like checked off. So like, I'm, I'm happy. And I even got Robert Rodriguez. So I'm good. <laughs> was, was, was Toro Calican reference on your oh. wish list? No. Right. Jonah, we, we got one. The Tuscan Raider had the binoculars. I know. That's right. You, you That's got right. your wish list. Hey, listen. I mean, you, hey, Finnick you, is, a, is a reference. Yeah, exactly. If if you've got your Where's Ezra, let me Where's Toro. Let's, <laughs> let's just play fair. Where's right? Toro? He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> no body, no crime. I'm never going to appear this show ever again. Am I? Oh, wow. <laughs> Look, it, it'll be Boo sitting there instead. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't think anyone's shelling out for the robo tummy for Toro. He, he is uh, not, not, not tummy worthy. Hmm. That's ironic coming from you, floating pig skull. <laughs> now, Hawes. Yes, sir. We had our little Patreon show on Friday. Mm-hmm. Since then, I, I, I'm a changed man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a different person that you're talking to. I, I, I might go delete that episode or, or just try to tighten it. Just make me not sound so... Uh, I, I went back and, God, I had a good time. It is so rewarding like i i found that the in the tank like looking back at it in my head after the first watch it felt like it went forever but that dialogue course really good right spectacular i think we should do a george lucas special edition of that patreon episode where you just record different dialogue and paste it in 
Mm. We should record them the day before, but do three <laughs> and then just put one up, um, you know, wh- whatever one's most appropriate. Do you know okay. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, I got to say, I'm just surprised that they worked out that whole uh, drama with Pedro Pascal not being able to take off his helmet. <laughs> that was so true on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Grace Randolph. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad they figured that out and gave him a good 10 minutes. Like, come on, guys. That was ridiculous to begin with. Like, we knew his helmet was coming off at some point this season. <clears throat> and well, I was just, it was nice to see him not all beat up this time. Once, um, once he complained to George Lucas, that sealed the deal. I feel like. Oh, okay. He went straight to Uncle George. Yeah. He's one of the nicest people. It kills me. Gotta get the clicks. Gotta get the clicks. Now, this episode, I thought going into it, we were going to have a prison breakout sort of episode, um, kind of like we saw in the first season. However, fitting in now with my whole plan that this Mayfield's going off for his own series, they needed as much Mayfield FaceTime and reconfiguration as a... um, turning into a hero uh, as possible. So we head off to this very uh, Force Awakens concept art um, planet, which I thought was uh, pretty sick. Um, What what do you feel about just TIE fighters stacked on each other, Judgment Day style? Uh, First of all, I thought it was like a, a junkyard. They just like threw away like surplus. And then we figured out it was the prison and it was still pretty cool to see that. But to see like that's where they just junk everything and you're, that's your hard labor is to pull apart uh, different vehicles and ships. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, and that ad at is just... Yeah, way to repurpose your uh, military equipment. Just stick a crane head on it and there you go. It's like what they wanted to do with um, the toy line in like 1985. There was like the ad <laughs> where they just put a cannon on top of it or whatever. Um, and then we get the return of Mayfield and the surprising turn that it's just, we can just go in and get him. Um, yeah. what, what did you make of that, Maggie? I was so amused. I'm really enjoying the season, how they're not like wasting time with things. They're like getting us straight to the like, okay, we've got him. Let's go. Just like with like the Ahsoka episode, people were thinking we weren't going to get her into later in the episode. And then it was like, okay, here she is moving along with the story. It's great. It's great storytelling. (laughs) Mm. It's it's so exciting to watch. It was good. Mm -hmm. I I was sort of um, puzzled. Um, Hawes. Yes, sir. What's your reaction to this uh, little repaint? Oh, man. Look at him. My man went to Target and got some spray paint. 
When are we getting the action figure? I'm ready to own my very first Boba Fett action figure. Oh, I will be I'll be buying some merch of that. Doing Need my it. animation reference here, but totally reminded me of Sabine. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I I love the the whole repaint and the sort of theory that um because it's been worn by someone else, he's um he, oh, has, he has to, he has to like refresh it and stuff. Oh. Oh, oh! You mean my theory? <laughs> the theory, the guy, the skull that came up with the theory is floating beneath you. Where would I have heard you spout this theory? Uh, you heard Hawes attribute it to me on that very podcast you were talking about. Yeah, when I said like Hawes, did I say exactly the same thing? Uh, oh, hey, hey, whoa, leave me out of this. Hey, <laughs> you did. I'm not That's getting exactly in between what the I skull and an Australian. Not me. No, I told Haw- I, I That was my theory that I gave to Hawes because. He- okay. And, and the whole thing about the skateboard trucks and all that, that was all yours as well? No. Oh. that No. Hawes, that, that, would you like that, to chime that- in now? <laughs> oh. I plead the fifth. Yeah, exactly. Okay, look. All right. I'm just saying that. Uh, chronologically Hawes heard it from me before he heard it from you and he, he decides Hawes, decide Hawes. decide Hawes <laughs> I think my stuff's messing up <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's right. going on I can't hear you guys Jonah, what do you think about Robbo's amazing theory about why Boba Fett repainted his outfit? Like Robbo, I, I, like it must be just an honor to be on with such a Star Wars savant as floating pink skull over there. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> would you uh, please uh, restate the theory? <laughs> okay, so I think. Steel and I have a slightly different versions of it, but the basic <laughs> idea is that, okay, so he was, somebody else was wearing that armor, right? I, I, wait, wait, wait. Can I just go back? So the thing I copied off you is slightly different. Is that what you just said? <laughs> I didn't say, I never accused you of copying. I just said you didn't attribute Hawes, it. Hawes, did he accuse me of copying? Hawes, you're useless, tape. buddy. You're maybe a little tape. bit. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> ah, say so maybe a little bit. So in Hawes language, that means yes. <laughs> I just all I said was that you you had the idea after I did, and I can prove it. Okay, but I won't. Um, So (laughs) no, like my my thought was that because he's making a big deal about how it's my father's armor and I got to get it back, and uh, like if it's if it's a really good impression, that was pretty solid. Yeah, I've been working on it. uh, I won't lie, uh, in the mirror for days. Just yeah. I want to get all the facial expressions just right. It's sad that you can't show it to us, though, through your story. Oh, no, this, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Okay. Um, yeah, no, so my theory is, like, if that's if that's the way it is, which I didn't know that that's – I didn't. I never knew that that was supposed to be his dad's armor, So, um, which may be a new thing or it, it may not be, but I think it's cool because then it implies that, okay, he knows some other dude was in that armor, handsome as that dude was. As fantastic as his hair was, uh, yeah, I see. I see, Maggie. Yeah, you're right. I, I would never deny that. That is like, it, to a Mandalorian of whatever variety he is, that could be like sacrilege. That's like, that's like uh, you know, 
somebody's stealing and befouling your your uh, your family heirloom, right? So it's the first chance he gets. He has to like maybe sanitize it by uh, putting a new coat of paint on it. Um, I, I feel like I have to be sanitized <laughs> after hearing befouling. That is that is a ripping word, dude. Look. It sounded, it sounded it's like you were reading a Magic the Gathering card. <laughs> I don't know. It feels a little bare bones. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. It's no, on. No, no. It's on. You can't see me clapping, but I'll do it with my teeth. <laughs> Oh my I mean, stuff. what does anybody think of that? Is that like track with what we know about? I mean, I know the I, man- I could see that. Yeah, it's tainted, so he has to cleanse it, reclaim it for himself. I could see that. And those so are like the, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I, 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 okay, like I'll just really quick. Those are like maybe to him. Those are like the scars of another man's battle, right? Mm. Like that's like oh, okay. like uh, and, and that I only thought about kind of after I heard what Steele was saying about the the trucks, right? I thought that's a pretty mm-hmm. good point. Like. Maybe he has to repaint it because he didn't earn those like uh, gashes. All right, let's just let's hold up. All right, so the thing that I copied off you, but different, made you realize different parts of the thing. Horse, <laughs> stop looking down in depression, buddy. We've got to sort this out. <laughs> he's, he's, dude, he's on my stream, befouling my reputation. <laughs> <laughs> Sanctify it, Hawes. <laughs> no, like what happened was is i listened to what you said after i thought of the original thing and i was like wow steel revealed some truth that was there all along but i wouldn't have ever thought to to think about it until uh he mentioned it so i appreciate that steel for helping me out okay maggie what were you gonna say I, this morning, was like, I, I remember something from the Expanded Universe about Mandalorians and paint colors. So I went back to the Expanded Universe, grabbed up Legacies of the Force, or Legacy of the Force, and went back to the stuff about the colors um, that they painted it. And I found that green paint symbolizes a commitment to duty. And I so I thought maybe, he, I know like his armor was already green, but I thought maybe he was like, oh, since I'm committing myself to this duty that I ah. I have entered into with Din, I'm going to repaint my armor as a symbol of that. Like, I, this is how serious I am about following through with my promise. That's nice. I like That's that. That's cool. I, I, like, I like that you've got this deep meaning and I'm like, it looks like the toy I had when I was little. I even pulled out my bounty hunter guide because I was like, maybe Boba talked about something about like I came prepared. Hold on, I'm gonna like uh, save the the, the timestamp on this YouTube clip to send to the next person who accuses a uh, female fan <laughs> of not being interested in the lore of Star Wars because holy crap! <laughs> I would, I would, you not only like you not only journey to the EU. Something most people <laughs> don't even attempt, right? I hold but it in you, my heart. I grew up with it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not like that wasn't a diss. I'm just saying, like, no, no, no. Like, I'm just saying, like, I, I know what you're getting at. Completely. She's been in this wall you since she was six years old. Look at <laughs> which even King Tom, His Highness, would probably not know that offhand. So, Uh-oh. oh, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo wow. just came into this live stream throwing bows, man. Like, what is throwing going bones? On? Throwing bones? Oh. <laughs> bones too. Yeah. They just... <laughs> oh, oh man. Um, I love the new Mayfield. 
I feel like he's different than um, the la- the Mayfield we saw last time. Although when I watched the um, like the recap, the bits they showed sort of fitted in with um, the sort of refreshed babyface Mayfield character. But one of the reasons, like I, I thought some of his progression was a little jumpy. Ella, Maggie, what do you reckon when – as soon as he found out the that Grogu was captured, he was just like on board, like a, a character. I feel like he used to like enjoy poking a blaster at for, from memory. Did, mm-hmm. h- how did you find uh, that? And also, if you wish, if it's the sort of thing you're into, comment on that Slave One doing its rotation to keep everyone sitting upright. I have always wondered about the inside of the slave one. So I loved getting to see the inside of it. And I actually like, I paused it and I was like, okay, okay. There's that, there's that, there's that. Cause I love the ships and I love like the, the world building stuff and seeing what's inside. But as far as Mayfeld, um, overall, I was like really shocked by his like character caring. And I felt like that drive that he suddenly like, the motivation about, oh, his kid has been taken by the Empire. And I think that we saw a through line to him realizing, like, Din's commitment to getting the kid back. And I think, I feel like he must have lost somebody in his past related to his involvement with the Empire. And, like, that, they gave us some, like, emotional stakes for Migs. And I'm confused that I care. (laughs) Like... Yeah, yeah I, he talked about that uh, losing his squad or whatever mm-hmm. it was, his teammates. Uh, I guess you could say. Maybe they felt like children to him or something, and there was that like emotional like attachment and connection that he he felt resonating with him. But it was I was shocked. I don't I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more when we get to the scenes. But I I think it's some of the best acting in Star Wars. He he like. Like he killed, like it was, it was very impressive. Hawes, this one's for you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Din looks up in the slave one and calls out to Fett. Oh, that, oh it was beautiful. It's so good, man. It still feels like a fever dream a little bit. It's like, it's just like a cool comic book. Like, it I, is. I, just, I just felt like, oh, yeah, it's like, seeing them together like what was it like boba fett and the twin engines of destruction and all that sort of stuff it was two mandos at the same time dude it feels kind of like uh in a weird way it feels very eu like you were saying about it being a comic book because so much star wars throughout my life has been so tied into like the saga you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and then when they start branching off and doing things like rogue one which is kind of tied into the saga when you really think about it solo etc etc it's it's just it's weird because you know the eu was allowed to explore all the stuff outside of the you know the the episodes yeah david on uh the facebook chat says if only bill ball mm-hmm. bill burr was a star wars fan who cares like it, it's sort of like his distance from it enables him to be one of the best characters in it sort of thing. I I feel like there's this sort of disconnect. Like he says all that mumbo jumbo, like so assuredly it, like it flows out of his mouth just 
so easily. Um, Joan Marie, do, do, does that bother you that, that he hasn't been to Star Wars Celebration before? And if he had been there, it would be probably to make fun of people for a segment on Conan or something like that? No, no, not at all. I mean, even um, actors like Taylor Gray and uh, Tia Sarkar were not Star Wars fans. I mean, they were, but they weren't as involved um, as we are. So, no, I don't really hold it against him. And I guess it, it really does provide a, um, a better performance in the end. Yeah, I, I feel like sometimes... Like, it can go either way. Like, it can either help your performance if you are a huge fan, but also if you're not, then... Like, you, you look at, like, um, what's his name? The guy that made Rogue One. Um, Gareth Edwards? No, the... the Gary Witter? No, no, the no. one that came in at the end. Tony Gilroy. Yeah, like, 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 he can't... He's got no special thing for Star Wars, but, you know, he, he crafted a, a pretty sweet thing, and then... You know, you've got someone that absolutely loves it, like Dave Filoni, and he also does good Star Wars in a in a, in a super different way. Um, yeah. Les, I, you know, we have we have someone oh, who could ask about this on the panel right now. Who acts, Maggie? Does it matter if you have like an investment in the material? Like to, to you. Yes and no. I I have I have found that people do work better when they have an appreciation, but not um, an obsession. Um, so I I feel like you, it's that hundred mile view uh, where you can see something for its full picture without having like an emotional attachment. Like it's I love when we have people who enter into Star Wars and they're Star Wars friends, like fans, and like they're like. They love it as much as we do, but I feel like some of the best stuff comes from the people who have that slight, like, detachment, like, detachment from it. Sorry, my words are going because it's late. But um, detachment from the actual source material because they're not as focused on, like, the little things. Like, as far as acting, I think that works for acting. I don't think it works the same way as far as, like, actual, like, writers. I think those writers need to have that base of knowledge and, like, love and appreciation so they're not, like, torturing us by killing characters we love. <laughs> that old thing, that old thing. Um, Les, how, how um, Fennec Shan, in my opinion, not, not getting enough lines as I would like, but she is using the screen. There's, there's a couple of shots I've got of her where she's just giving these looks to other people. Right. That, that I'm not sure if she's getting directed to do that or if she's throwing it in, but there's this one I grabbed here. Yes. <laughs> with um, Boba Fett, Boba Fett Din saying, um, you know, sort of saying, oh, we'll just go in, you know, it's going to be, you know, he just says, yeah. we'll just go in and get it. And then Fennec and Boba Fett give each other this, like, look that just sort of says, we are we are deep into a partnership. Like, like, yeah. like we, we are one. We need to communicate, like, separate from the rest of these people. Yeah. Well, because they're also going to go further into it. Like this is something where they got to make an acknowledgement. We may not come back from this too. So uh, there's that. And then there's also the possibility. They're like, well, why do you think you could just go in there like that? We got to maybe, maybe take a, you know, slow down and take a beat. Um, She, I'm guessing it's just her improvising and her being who she is, you know, her acting, her acting skills are, 
as they're top notch. Um, she doesn't get a lot of lines, but she's doing everything. Uh, don't forget that she gave us that iconic uh, video game move when she jumped off in the last episode. Oh, yeah. Did that spinning back. It was basically a no-scope. So it was like a 360 no-scope. So <laughs> anyone who plays like Fortnite and all those other games, she basically did that in it. And Robert Rodriguez helped pull that off. So it was the uh, Desperado jump. Yes, it was. And so it I think it all just is just flowing nicely. I, I'm also curious. Oh, sorry. No, no go please, ahead. Go ahead, please. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I'm also curious whether she's just not used to doing the honorable thing like uh, Boba Fett seems to be doing. Mm. So, uh, you know, she was revived and now she feels like she has this bond with Boba Fett and maybe she's just not used to, <laughs> you know, laying down her life for others. Um, like Boba Fett seems to be, you know, very honorable, apparently, given that one episode that um, where we see them introduced mm. Based right. on that one good thing we've seen him do in his life of villainy, yes. Yeah, <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, I got to speak up for for uh, Lindo here, who was very, very disturbed by how quickly they dispatched um, Fennec Shand in last season. Because it's right. like, oh, you're introducing a new uh, woman character to the universe that she seems cool and interesting and like she has a whole life of stories that you could explore and then you kill her right away. She gets like literally jobbed out by the worst bounty hunter in the galaxy. <laughs> and no, Toro killed her. <laughs> this isn't Zuckus <laughs> we're talking about. It was Toro. This is a different now. Um, so then to see her come back is cool, but she, I don't, I feel like she must be doing something in episode eight or later. Because right now, it's like she's in every scene just so she can be there later. I almost wonder whether that's worse. Because she barely you know says what? anything. A lot of people don't trust her. I've been A lot of people I've talked to, they're like, they have like a little bit of like, they think she may flip to the other side and I, do something in the finale. I, I hope she does, because I do not oh. buy for a second. The well, because I don't care about the characters as much as I just want to see a compelling story. And right now, her story yeah. is not that compelling. It's like she, like Boba Fett, found her dead, basically. Somehow got her to the Robo Tummy Surgeon in time to save her life, and then she's like, "Okay, I'm guessing I'm rolling with you now." And then she just hey, follows him around. Know Boba wasn't the one. He grew up on Camino. He might have been the one doing the surgery. <laughs> Like when he was six years old, they're like, okay, yeah. this is how you install a robo, Tommy. You might have seen yeah, some stuff yeah. and been like, I know how to do that. Well, I, I desperately, so I can't remember who put it up on Twitter, but they said that um, Dr. Mandible yes. did, did the, and, and like, if they did, could you imagine a flashback <laughs> where the ant is operating on her tummy? Oh, I'm, my stars. It's a very Dr. Zoidberg situation right there. Like, show me where the thorax <laughs> is. And, you know. I love it. Now, yeah. Robbo, you're very sensitive to references, um, more so than most. I'm interested in your take in I feel, one of the great comedic lines in Star Wars when Boba Fett says he can't go into the Imperial uh, base because – they might recognize him. Um, what did you, did that, did that hit your pink funny bone just right? I, I thought it was good. Like, it's a good, 
it's a good uh, shout out. And it's like the kind of thing where if you don't know what he's talking about, it just rolls right off. You're like, well, of course, they've known. Like he's a famous criminal, right? But then, in, like, if you know, like, his history, his backstory, you're like, oh, yeah, they know his face because he was, for a time, every stormtrooper ever. So it's like, uh, you know, not not recently, but <laughs> they they would could recognize him. Um, but, yeah, I didn't think that was like I thought that was a very, very modest and uh, well done um, little tidbit to, to throw the, the diehard fans who, you know. And he's sort of like when he has like a light um, moment like that, he reminds me of Drax where he's just like super dry, um, like that sort of comedy. I I thought that was so dope. Bill Burr in a non-comedic way, the way he was um, in that, uh, that tank talking about how, you know, the Imperials are the same as the new Republic and, um, you know, like the villagers, um, you know, either way they're sort of screwed. Watching this back a second time, it was, I, it, it was kind of like John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson driving down the street in Pulp Fiction, just <laughs> explaining things in in such an interesting way. Maggie, did it did it, it, it tantalize your imagination the way it did mine? I loved it. I thought it was so great. And whoever is in the armor, whether it's Pedro or whether it's Brendan or whoever is in that moment, I love the body language because it was so like, is this guy going to shut up? Is he going <laughs> to stop? I, I thought they were going to reveal that there was nobody in the armor at that moment because he was so perfectly <laughs> still so for a couple still. seconds. I'm like, there's there's nobody there. That's a dummy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a thing about Migs that I think is really interesting because he is such an but, but I think that the episode revealed that the reason why he is the way he is is because I think he hates himself. And so if he makes himself like the most miserable person that nobody likes, then he can like be happy with his own suffering. Because like, you know how people do that as like a defense, like I hate myself, so I want to make sure everyone hates me too. And yeah. he just seems like that character. Uh, see also Luke Skywalker in yeah. The Last Jedi. He wants Ray to just hate him and leave in disgust. Yeah, which is part of the reason why he acts that way, right? I think, yeah, I get the impression that, and anybody else can jump in here if you've got a better or or any idea. But um, okay, good. All right, so (laughs) I think, yeah, I think the Mando kind of fascinates Migs. I think that he's like he's like because his whole thing is he he knows what he's doing, right? Like he knows what he's saying because he points out the thing that leads him to take his helmet off later. In the end, he's like, so which is it? Can you not? take off your helmet or can you not show their face? Cause the two things are different, which is like something I think all of us have been kind of wondering like what, so it's acknowledge. You think they're just like kind of playing fast and loose with the Mando rules when he does that. But then you're like, Oh wait, no, he, he is, he is. And he knows it. He knows he's probably like, like, uh, like he probably can't go back already because the, the thing that the armor asks him is, did you ever remove your helmet? You know, did, did anybody remove your helmet? Did you ever remove your helmet in front of somebody else? Right. So I think that this is just fascinates Mayfeld because he, he's used to hanging around with much worse people, which I think why he acts like such a jerk. Cause he's with like the worst murderers, you know, around like they're the people who the show gave us to show us that, okay, the Mando does disintegrate several Jawas, but 
there's a level of evil beyond that, right? Like, like shooting Toro. <laughs> anyway, that was a blessing. <laughs> that was truly a gift to Star yeah. Wars. What, I mean, uh, uh, Hawes or or uh, <laughs> Jonah. You, like, listen, you are my. In- impression of you I'd, I'd see you at conventions at comic-con at, 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 at celebration it was always just these little passing by three minute bursts like so nice but you get you in a seat for 43 minutes and 41 seconds and, and, and you really it's close to midnight and things sometimes i, I things just come out of my mouth <laughs> all right well the the, the, the mogwai defense pathetic no <laughs> I um I'm interested because I had this one up here. Um Habits for Life says Bill Burr was great even if you never knew about his comedy, which is true. But the thing about this Mayfield character is it is exactly Bill Burr in space <laughs> and the things like he's talking the way he talks about the empire and the um, Republican stuff. That is how he talks about politics, like on his podcast. That like it's his um, logic. Like the the real person and the character have the same sort of logic base to work off. So I am fascinated how they work out this script. If it's in collaboration or Favreau just just knows his voice because it uh, is. Uh, uh, this was the preferred Rick script. All, all the all oh, the shows with Mayfeld are written by uh, Goodrick. Just saying. There you go. God, the pink skull turns red. I um. <laughs> on first viewing, I found um, the pirate thing to drag a little. I I I I think that was just like the snowball effect of being annoyed by things at, at the start of the episode, because when I watched it back, it was actually quite sharp and. It is fascinating the juxtaposition of um, how these guys weren't pirates; they're the actual heroes of right. the planet. And um, Maggie, bef- I'll throw to you, but I just want to get in that the effects on it probably doesn't look good to that frame grab, but the effects of that whole chase pretty state-of-the-art flawless it 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 is like a a, like a 360 degree experience when you're watching it but um what did you make of it all i loved it and i I love what you just said about the pirates are actually the good guys because i had that realization last night i was like i can't believe they had me cheering when the empire showed up to save the day that I felt a sense of victory when they were inside and everybody's like patting their backs and like everybody was happy. And I love that. I love when TV makes you think and like to flip things like on their heads and to kind of like ask those hard questions in a very casual, casual way. And I think it, it really gets to the core. Somebody was talking earlier in the the comments about like a lot of what he was saying emulates some of the stuff that Lucas said about the Vietnam war. And like, I've done some research into like that whole thing and this whole thing of like, who are the, who's the good guys here? Who's the bad guys? And like making you think for yourself. Yeah. i got to give a shout out to all the speech therapists on the, uh, on the live stream. <laughs> you tried. Um, and one thing about that sequence and just some of the conversation about that village um, and by, 
my best friend and I, um, Elisa, we both thought of Champs and Dula from Star Wars The Clone Wars, mm. especially when um, Mayfeld says the Empire and New Republic, it's all the same to these people. Because in that specific Ryloth arc, you know, it, it didn't matter whether they were separatists or the Republic, they were invaders to that planet. And Cham had a very good point when he told Mace, you know, another armed occupation is not a free Ryloth. And uh, how long before I'm fighting you? So uh, mm-hmm. it was interesting to see that aspect of war and, and occupation pop up in this episode and how the average person just, you know, doesn't see the Empire or the New Republic any different. The, um, yeah, that I, I really liked, I didn't like the Empire flip, but I liked the Pirate flip. I thought the Empire flip was a little bit, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Hawes, there was some... Um, Pretty sweet javelin tossing. Yes. Do you think this is a uh, a precursor for the finale and the Beskar javelin toss event? I think it's got to. I mean, it's got to be sort of a hint that we're going to see him do with that Beskar spear, right? I do. You know what my theory is absolutely. They're setting up that he is very good with the spear. He can kill someone with it, but when he tries to do it to Moff Gideon, it gets blocked and all hope is lost. Oh, you you think it's going to turn out that his armor, Moff Gideon's armor is Beskar or something? I just he think he, he, will, yeah. he, will, he, will def- he will defend it somehow. Oh, I see. And you'll saying. be like, because like, I, I feel like they'll use it in the finale prediction to like sort of let the viewer go, oh, he's going to use a spear. He killed someone now. He's got the really good spear. And then I feel like they're going to pull the rug from under you and um, it's not going to be good. Look, it's- I can't do Game of Thrones again. <laughs> oh. I have I have seen him fight somebody with a spear before and he didn't have a helmet on, so yeah. he better keep the helmet on. <laughs> I can't do it again. Look, can't. I, I've, made, I've made it worse, my, my theory. No, no. <sighs> Because I feel like next episode is the Mandalorian's Empire Strikes Back episode. Everything's going to go to hell. He will throw the spear. It will be heading straight for Gideon's heart, and Grogu will oh. use the Force oh, okay. to protect Gideon. <laughs> to protect Gideon. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking that. Or one of those uh, dark troopers. I'm not sure whether they're Force-sensitive or not. But, yeah, I was thinking the Force would be at play there. But it will be Grogu doing it, and then it's like, oh, no, Grogu. And there'll be no reconciliation over the break. We will we'll spend eight months being very sad. Imagine That's- what his eyes will look like. They're so big. If he goes straight evil and he gets, like, the emperor eyes, he's going to look really co- horrible, like, just terrible. <laughs> but it's going to go white like The Undertaker. Yeah, it's going to be something. I think, I, I you know, we might we got to get into predictions at some point, right? I mean, does anybody else but me feel like this is going to go really, really bad in the next episode? Oh. Like, yeah. totally yeah. pear-shaped. Yeah, for Look, sure. I'm just saying, The Rise of Skywalker happened December 18th last year, and this episode is on December 18th, and I cannot handle it. Yeah, imagine if this guy did that movie. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? I can't handle any more pain, y'all. Yeah, I, I, we're on the same page here. Uh, it's going to get ugly, though. Yeah, it's going it to get is. real it ugly. 
and we're going to have a whole off season to just be sitting in it and stewing in it, and it's not going to be good. And so G- December next year, right? Jeez. Yep. Christmas Day. And do you know why it should get ugly? Why we deserve it to get ugly? Because some of you, some of you heathens, cheered when you saw the TIE fighters come over the hill and uh, save our heroes. Who were you? (laughs) (laughs) I think I did too. It was not my proudest moment, okay? I realized it five seconds after I cheered. I I don't think that the 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 empires like uh, the the humanization of the stormtroopers and stuff. I don't think that that is in any way inconsistent with what uh, what Mayfeld is talking about. Mm-mm. It's like you've got to have some way of of sleeping through the night. And like, as far as they're concerned, they're the good guys, of course. Yeah. And. And it's like they're not necessarily all bad people. They just happen to be serving like a, a horrible uh, entity. But you see the difference because you meet that guy at the end. But we'll get there. I um, I just thought it went a bit too far. I would have liked if it showed them all maybe having the celebration. But then, you know, I guess they had the guy in the cafeteria. But. I, I I would have liked if it was like they were celebrating, but it also showed they were pricks. Like they were laughing that the villagers or the pirates got killed or something like that at the same, like to more show like who they really are sort of thing than, um, cause this is post return of the Jedi and they're still working for the empire. Like they know what's going on. Maybe they really believe in a strong centralized government. Yeah, in order. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's that's pretty yeah. seductive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the really dark side of the same thought. But like, that's the thing is the if if the alliance operates, uh, I mean, if the New Republic operates like the alliance, it's just pandemonium because you don't even know who's in control. It's like everybody's got a voice, everybody's got a different opinion, and that's something I think that was even true in the EU, right? Like. Where am I? I don't remember. Somebody please back me up because I don't know if I'm actually true. But I, I seem to recall that they showed that, especially when it's getting started, like no, none of the member constituent worlds of the New Republic could get along in the EU either. And they're hinting at that in this show, but they haven't actually shown it. Hmm. Interesting. Atheist Bear in the Super Chat says 300 Spear just grazes the cheek. Is that what happens in 300? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, now this bit leads into a great scene, but I, I did, and, and Robbo, I, I'm going to, um, ask, um, I want somebody to, else. No, no, <laughs> no, I, just, just because you're, you're, you're such, you're such a Rick guy. You love this. I want to know, right. With, I thought it was odd. The whole The, the scanning deal. The, the, the I had sc- issues with it too. Like, and and, and I, I, I do have up on the screen a scan of Pedro's head. It, it's a gridded up Pedro. So you guys can really, you know, if, 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 if you want Maggie, you can talk about like grid 4Z or something and everyone else will know <laughs> that you, you're talking about his little, you know, the bit where his, his mouth joins or whatever. So if, I'm if, talking if, about that sweet, sweet stash. 
Yeah, and if and if you talk about four in a row across, you'll sink his battleship or something like that. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, oh no! <laughs> I don't know what I just implied, but um, <laughs> I don't have time to think about it at all. Um, I'm glad somebody else had an issue with the scan because I, my mom and I, so I watched with my mom and we were both like, I'm so confused. Like, why, why did it work? How, when did they scan his face? I just complained about this in the, the live stream I was on like an hour and a half ago. And somebody was like, I think they just need to prove that you're not a droid or like want it. Mm. Like, so if you're, you're like, your face is fine. You pass. Maggie. Do you know what I appreciate about your point of view? That when you say something that I also said on a separate podcast, you don't, like, accuse me of plagiarism. (laughs) Well, that's because I actually have flesh and I'm not a skeleton (laughs) floating in blackness. Look, don't don't be skinnest on me here, all right? (laughs) (laughs) I think the thing that got me in that scene outside of the scanning was just the fact that Mayfeld had a helmet and suddenly he doesn't have his helmet. And it's like, why didn't you just take your helmet with you? We could have yeah. all avoided this situation if you had your helmet. Um, it's but, the death pack all over again. We didn't read the script. <laughs> Come on. It was really in interesting um, how, you know, I think he stopped himself not because he was afraid of being noticed by this uh Valen Hess, but it was more because he was afraid of letting his anger get to him, like the way it happened. And so it was more about um, not letting his anger out than being afraid of being uh, noticed, recognized. I, um, with with stuff like, why didn't he bring his helmet? I'm always easy on that because it's like, I think of the real world version of like, well, you've got to have Bill Burr's head out. You can't just have two <laughs> helmeted up Imperial troopers going around. And 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 listen, don't be a hypocrite, right? Ezra had that flip up <laughs> thing that he put up for no reason so you could see his face whole episode. Like there was no, like the wind never caught it. It never, he could jump with it up. It was Wind uh, is costly in animation, okay? <laughs> Uh, Sleep of Giants says the scan is like space capture. Is that how you say that? Capture? Is that- yeah. I don't think it's a security thing so much as it is a result of them. Because he says this was set up by ISB, which I believe means uh, Imperial Security Bureau. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So they're like, the, they're like an intelligence gathering thing. So it's scanning you because, and then he says they cross check you with their presumably stolen or hacked New Republic database to see whether you're New Republic. And then on top of that, they've got imperial archives of like, you know, known criminals and all that. And it's, it's, I guess, um, I guess the idea is that like, in order to access this terminal, you need to show your damn face. Cause he's got the code cylinder, which presumably is like the key, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I can't, Hawes, you're good at massaging these issues. Like, it, like it, it just seems crazy that like, as long as you're not wanted, it's op- we just want to know who you are. As long as you sign into the guest book, anyone can use this. It 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 does seem um, like uh, an odd turn. Have you have you had any luck? Um, I, yeah, I don't get it. I'll be honest. It's still a sticking point for me because, like, if 
you could see how Mayfield, right, could get his face scanned and it would recognize that he was uh, at one point part of the Empire, right? Mm-hmm. And, and how maybe it wouldn't have the information that he defected. But why would it accept Din Djarin's face when nobody's seen that? You know hey, what I'm I mean? just saying, though, Moff Gideon knew his name. I, that is I'm, true. So wouldn't that be? Uh, I don't know, man. Maggie's it, Maggie's thing makes more sense. Like it's scanning to see whether you're human, right? <laughs> or it's whether you're yeah. droid. Like yeah, that, but, I can believe. <laughs> like, also, they, I just want to refute. Wow, I can't speak. Refute the claim that I'm a skinnest. I have a skeleton tarot card right here. I have a skull. Uh, it's fine. Oh, That's so, appropriation. So, That's appropriation. Oh boy. <laughs> Some of my best friends are skeletons. Oh. Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> it's a. It, can, okay, that's a, a kind of um, not so serious way of, of kind of veering into something a little bit more serious, if I may. Like, not super heavy, but is it okay? Like, bring it on. Okay, like I think that there's a couple moments in this episode where it's very clear of what the benefits are of uh, reaching out and diversifying your pool of directors and writers. Um, there's first of all, there's a joke that I don't. Uh, think I think it's a joke that Bill Burr would tell, but I think it's a joke that was written by by Rick, which is where he goes. Uh, and by you people, I do mean Mandalorians, which mm-hmm. was uh, which was pretty pointed. But like that was like a good a good joke. I gotta admit. But the bigger one is what happens next. Like the whole thing about that guy. Like he's basically like Skeletor meets Boss Hog, and he's got a, a, a the Hitler's vice president's last name. Um, Viz, what's his name? Viz, something Hess. Yeah, that guy. And the fact that he speaks like now, Hawes. <laughs> I'm not going to paint with too broad a brush, but I think that there's like there's a deliberate callback to kind of like the Bull Connors and stuff of American history with the mm-hmm. way he talks and what he's talking about. And although this was probably written before, like the sort of the the huge return to of the black lives matter movement. I'm sure it was written kind of before uh, all that um, kind of fired up again, but it was after the first time it had, it had appeared. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the, the argument you were hearing is that, well, what people, they, people say they want their liberties, right. They don't want to be like, you know, beaten up and uh, profiled and all that, but everybody really just wants like, order. law and it, order. And the and the implication being that without us there, these people, you people, right, in this case, would just tear each other apart because you're mm-hmm. animals. That's what it is. Uh, that is and, and he's saying that about, of course, the entire galaxy in this point. Mm-hmm. But that is a level of reality, very subtly done, but a level of like awareness and reality that I don't think we've ever seen in Star Wars. Ever. He also fell into a really neat uh, Western trope as well of the defeated Confederate general, um, which I can't remember which films it is, but there's a number of Western films that feature that trope. And he very much fit into that because I was like, you are very angry that you lost and are trying to cling to whatever you have power still over. Um, And just the way that was played felt very much like a really awkward encounter at a, like a bar or something in like a, a Western, but you're, you hit the nail on the head. There was so much layer to that. Yeah, it's very reflective of society today and what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Very Star sadly. Trek. If I may say very Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, he was just so loathsome. And, and the whole scene was, like, so tense. And Bill Burr, um, how he was talking about, um, you know, his fellow, you know, soldiers and all that that left there and that, that brooding thing. He personally has done a lot of fundraising for the Wounded Warriors Project and, yeah. and, and speaks about that pretty, um, you know, passionately. So I, I really thought he was sort of drawing upon some of his frustration with the real world and because his because 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 that's what like comedians do like they draw upon you know their emotion in the real world for their act and he just it just came out of him like his his disdain and his disgust for this person it it was it was so good um like Johnny Grasso level acting here, Les. What, what do you reckon? <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was definitely very good. So uh, I, I gave you a bit of a loaded barrel with the. Yeah, the you did. You, you threw me off. I'm I actually. Apologize. Uh, what were we talking about again? <laughs> Somebody just because we brought it up, can somebody describe like who knows it better than I do what the Wounded Warrior Project is? I think I know, but I, I'm probably not the best person to guess. Is it about like uh, like people returning with like PTSD and stuff like that? From and yeah, it's an organization to help veterans, like traumatic brain injuries and stuff. Um, Arrow Chick puts it very nicely. His loathing felt genuine. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. He he did take. I mean, and he balanced. We're talking about Bill Burr. Uh, he he balanced um, the comedic and the dramatic really well. Um, so I do agree when people say this has probably got to be some of the best acting in Star Wars. That sliver of the of the the episode was just great. He uh, right when he took that breath, and you can just see the emotion and just the. In his eyes, and then it just went to his jaw, and then I was just like, as soon as it went to his jaw, and you saw him like just give that glare, I'm like, oh, he's gonna do something. He's gonna, it, it's yeah. Yeah, he's, my he, first thought, he's gonna shoot him. You're gonna I'm shoot like, him. He's gonna him. Blow I thought he was gonna shoot away. him under the table. That's what I was waiting for. Was an under the table I, shot. Yeah, it was coming. Like I'm like, okay, something's gonna happen here. This is not good. And when he just, yeah, he just went all in from there, and it just, wow. Yeah. The, the great thing about it was you got the feeling that he was going to do it. You knew that it would totally ruin things if he did. But then I was still going, yeah, shoot him. That'd be sweet. It, it reminded me of the uh, confrontation in uh, Django between uh, Christoph Waltz and Leo DiCaprio's character. And right before uh, Christoph Waltz shot him. And it was the same thing. He was like, you know, they, they were going back and forth and just the the callousness of the of the um, commander of Valen Hess just was like it just pushed him. I mean, it would have pushed me too. I think. I think. It, I think a lot of people could emote or at least feel some of that anger, at least for that character. They were just like, yeah, this is justified in some way. It was. It was just weirdly, weirdly satisfying. In all honesty, yeah, relatable for sure. <laughs> Um, I do have to give a shout out in case, in case Noel watches this, but um, this is Kush says, pow, right in the tummy. 
This is um, sometimes, you know, you have a dream. You put in about Cora Callahan. Hey, chill out. We, it's not a type of podcast about sector C seven um, of Pedro Pascal's face. Yes, exactly. Oh. So hot. <laughs> I was in the park while my son slept today, and I was watching the episode and getting frame grabs, and I was like. You know, when you're sort of doing stuff like this and you pat you say, I, I reckon that's that's a pretty good frame grab. Pretty good frame grab. And I thought myself out in the park, I thought, I wonder if anyone will notice. Sal Perales, given the shout out, best screen cap. Come on. Take it that looks, internet. It looks like it'd be a tops trading card. <laughs> Thank you, Hawes. Thank you. It really does. So um, I, I feel fulfilled now as an artist. So um, good stuff. You, you may continue Pink Skeleton. I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> I completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> this has been the best show ever. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, it gets better all the time. Um, I think – oh, okay. So it's uh, – I was kind of conf- – the one thing that confused me, I was willing to ride with the face scanning thing because, like, look, nothing in Star Wars really makes that much sense like at all, <laughs> if you can scrutinize anything into oblivion. But uh, I did not understand why their plan from the beginning was to blast their way out of that thing. Cause they're telling like Boba Fett's like, all right, we're going to need you to like come in. So we need somebody to take out the guns because mm. we're not going to have much time when we get out. But it's like, it seems like you guys have the perfect way of just walking out of there. <laughs> like you just like you get in your truck and be like, all right, we're going to go pick up another shipment of explodium. And uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it seems like they could have gotten out. So it's the, I wonder whether that like the, it might not, not been telegraphed particularly well, but I think like there's something about the, like Mayfeld knew that he'd like, he'd pass the scan, but they were going to figure it out pretty quick what was going on. And they were going to have, there's no way they were going to get out of there without a fight. Yeah. yeah, it's like they went in knowing that twenty percent chance of this not yeah. working. You know? I, I wonder. Like, I, I feel like oh, we've boy. found that that nothing happens in this by like by accident. Like things come back. Like, will this scan? Will all this? Grim- oh, I'm sure it's going to bite him in the butt. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's enough about his butt. Thanks, Maggie. It's like it's just. <laughs> Which which uh, sector is that on the battleship grid? <laughs> um, now listen, Mayfield's face turn, turn and good guy was signed, sealed, and delivered when Bill Burr Mayfield gives uh, Din back his helmet and says, "I didn't see your face." That was just perfection. Hawes, uh, did you enjoy it? Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts. He's like, here, put the back up. I, I never saw your face. And like uh, it, like uh, Pedro Pascal does some neat body language stuff through the whole time he has his helmet off where it's like, I don't know how to say it. Like it's almost used to, like he's not used to being able to see with his peripheral vision because he's always wearing a helmet or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's something I didn't really <laughs> pick up on until I watched it again today. Yes, but he doesn't use his peripheral, so it's like a lot of yeah. He has to turn it to all that. Yeah, my son, like me when I got real bad neck pain. He's all stiff neck. Uh, like my kid, dra- oh, sorry, 
Oh, I was gonna say my kid uh, dressed up as Mando for Halloween this year uh, because it, you know, it comes with its own mask and all that. And uh, he said, like, I think I know why you never see the Mandalorian walking downstairs Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you can't see them. (laughs) Like you are just gonna die. (laughs) You can't see a thing. (laughs) Like it's not just like you can't see. Like you can see straight ahead. Fine, he said. But you, if you're walking downstairs, you have no idea what, what your feet are actually on or what they will be on in a matter of seconds, right? Wow. Like, you have no clue. So, can anyway, I, that's can not... Can I do, like, a, a little mini ramble about yes. the helmets and transformation? So, um, this will be three for three on podcast with me talking about this. But I had this realization yesterday about the fact that the two people... Um, we will consider droids people. The two people who have seen Din without his helmet on have both been transformed in the eyes of not only Din, but also the viewership and just like in general. So IG-11 is a bounty hunter droid turned nurse droid turned statue who, because he saved the day in Navarro. And and through seeing Din's face and like having that moment, he is transformed. And then yet again, somebody sees Din's face and is transformed in the eyes of all of us. Cause suddenly we think Miggs is an okay character and other characters within the story. And so I think it's really interesting how they're, they're using that as like a narrative opportunity to be like <laughs> through the face of Din, you are like redeemed essentially. And it's really interesting. And I don't know if it's like a, a natural, like just when they're writing, it happens or if it's like an intentional thing. And like the third time, <laughs> maybe somebody else will be like transformed by it or something, but it just seems like an interesting thing to have happened now twice. Like it's a great connection there. Um, I love how Mayfeld went from teasing Den and egging him to take the helmet off in chapter mm-hmm. six. And in this episode, you know, he gets to see what Din looks like and, um, and he gives that helmet back and tells him that, you know, I never saw your face. And I love that growth. You know, he saw, the desperation in Din's actions to get the coordinates. So even though he was being a jerk in chapter six, Mayfeld actually has like a deeper understanding now and respects Din because he's not just some stiff guy with a stick up his rear, his butt, Maggie. (laughs) Um, You know, he has principles that uh, he's willing to break and Mayfeld saw something relatable and human in that, I think. I just want to point out he has principles he's willing to break is the best compliment I have ever heard. (laughs) That is brilliant. Um, I think on that, uh, Joan Marie, that it was sort of like the reason why he gave, like he dissed him about it all the time in um, episode six was because he knew it was important to him. And now that he's like, has respect for him, like he respect, like he already knew that was important for him. So like he knew it was like, like instead of, uh, how do I put it? Like, you know, teasing someone that they've got a limp or something and then you're helping them later on because you're now, you have empathy for them. Mm. Um, so it was, it, I thought it was really cool that like he knew that was such a sore point like last season. So he was always jabbing at it. And now that they're sort of like, you know, brothers in this, that he's um, like going out of his way to look after those feelings. I, I, I thought it was um, when he handed back the helmet. That, that was pretty, pretty sweet. Mm. Les, have you followed Bill Burr much before um, this? Yeah, actually, I listened to uh, both his podcasts. 
and uh, he had appeared on one of uh, my favorite shows, Breaking Bad. And right uh, I actually saw him live at Audubon Fest with Araj and Lorena a couple years back in, in uh, Irvine. It sounds like Araj was also on stage, the way you said that. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Um, so how is it, right? It's just so bonkers. I've been a fan for, like, a long time. Um, who would have thought two years ago that I would watch on my television this comedian Bill Burr running away <laughs> from the slave one? It is – it's just bonkers. It's, like, unimaginable. It's uh, – it, it is so uh, – so very cool. Now, this I feel like this shot is a big hint at um, that he'll be uh, coming back for this Rangers deal, and that is showing off his pinpoint. Oh uh, yeah, shooting that, that he he I I they're going back to find him. He's going to have. Um, like whores, he's going to be like Bernard and Rose, and and oh. have constructed a, a hut and and really <laughs> become one with um, whatever planet society this is, and and he will be dragged off to go on a mission. What do you reckon, buddy? I I think it's uh, pretty likely. I don't, uh, you know, he was pretty awesome in episode six last year, right? Uh, but I feel like he was even more sort of badass i guess in this episode um especially with that shot that shot was really cool that was a cool moment and i like that he took the time to like because you know they had the uh imperial officer guy mentioned that the stuff they're mining is going to make operation cinder you know like it was going to blow it out of the water or whatever so i like that he wasn't going to leave without uh sort of doing something to prevent that uh and then i I know you've got to um bail out but hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I just want you to comment. It's going up. TIE fighters chasing. Drops a payload. It falls down. Maggie's about to tear up over there, I can tell, just by my retelling of, of this thing. And then we get the ring of silence. Oh, dude. And it looked so good. Like, I had a, a couple of sticking points with the Slave 1 effects in the previous episode. Like, where they just looked a little maybe off. Uh, but, man, they knocked it out of the park with this episode. And then using the seismic charge, man, that's cool. That is so cool. I love that that's now just standard issue gear for Slave 1. Because, like, you know, we see it in Episode 2. Then they incorporated it in, like, the Battlefront games. Uh, the two new, re- like, the, the two most recent ones. And now we're seeing it in The Mandalorian. I love that. That is um, some sweet action. Uh, Hawes, um 
before you go, I'll mention it because I know it's late. Blue Harvest Podcast, one of the best going around. Love the latest episode, talking it up with uh, Josh and Will. Um, where can the good people track you down? Uh, at Blue Harvest on Twitter and pretty much anywhere else, Instagram and stuff like that. And what would be your score out of 10? Uh, 7.5. 7.5. Very interesting. I'm glad Robbo wasn't there for that. Um, That's still pretty good, man. Not, not to Robbo. Oh, okay. It's preferred Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, all right, dude. Uh, get some sleep, and uh, I will. Uh, I will talk to you later on. All right. Thanks for having me. It was nice to talk to you guys. Cheers. Good talking to you. All right, Hawes. Uh, and me and Hawes do a, a Patreon show every Friday, exclusive, where we um, just get on the phone and gush about what we just watched. Um, Super Cruzer in the super chat. Oh, no, Supper Karaza. Sorry, buddy. Um, this is the only episode without Grogu, and yet it carried the most emotional weight in the series so far. Or I, I that not to me. Um, speaks well of the show's longevity. I will give you that, though. I'll, I'll debate you on the most emotional weight because when I thought Grogu and Din, like Grogu was going to go off with Ahsoka, like I bought it and I was, like, crying. It was, it was too much for me to handle. I've got um, my little... Grogu I've got here is is just too precious. So it, it I, I, I was triggered as they uh, as they say. Now this is another one of these little um, Fennec Shan glances. This one that she gives um, Mayfield. She's the glance queen. She's the side eye queen. She's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um yeah, it's it's hard to work out what's gonna to happen to Fennec and um Boba Fett, what their futures are. Any anyone you got any Joni Marie, you got any uh any theories? I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about that side glance, I wonder whether she has some allegiance to the Empire. Like she he just took I mean, well, she was taking out a whole bunch of their <laughs> their people, but I don't know, I'm trying to come up with an interesting theory, but I can't can't really come up with anything for her. Yeah, I, I would be devastated if she wasn't, like, bound by her, uh, you know, bounty hunter code on I, I I like all that. We've got a code. We stick by it. We've signed mm-hmm. our contract. Do you know what I mean? None of these um, wacky bounty hunting lawyers, you know? You just <laughs> you do it as you say. Now, one of, Maggie, the best, like, little acting moments was Bill Burr, um, Saying that he he just let he let he had to he had to let off some steam or something. Yes. Get it off my chest. Yes, that was it. Like he does this little eyebrow raise. It, like this dude is like he's a good actor. Like he's I'm up shocked. He's up there with like um like Adam Driver as as far as like oh Maggie, don't give me that. This he. I reckon this is the second best acting in Star Wars. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> it was just, I mean, I think, I think part of why it's, it's being hailed as being so good is because I think a lot of people did not like uh, Bill Burr in space. 
um, in the first season. And I think I remember a lot of people talking about like, wow, so we have Bostonians in Star Wars mm -hmm. because it felt like and I think we're, we're still calling him Bill Burr. And like, but I've noticed myself included trying to be more like calling him Migs and calling him the character because he actually felt like an actual part of Star Wars and not just Bill Burr in space. Yeah, and I felt like he, he sold us on something. And so I think that that was why his performance really stood out because he didn't even have the same accent. He was softened his Boston accent and like committed to the role and committed to being in Star Wars. And I think maybe he softened up a little bit about Star Wars now that he's in it. And so that maybe helped influence feeling natural in that that moment and maybe I mean hey maybe he's really good at like pulling in that like PTSD and pulling in that like survivor's guilt mm. and and playing on that because that was clearly what he was playing on in that scene so I think there's there's a lot of emotions and also like relevance to today that I think really helped solidify that as a really stellar performance and and, and do you agree with my uh theory that he had a slight character realignment for his uh his Star Wars future Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, yes. Very I, I'd watch more. Now, Joan Marie, what, what, where's he off to? What's he doing? I don't I kind of like the idea of him going to that village and uh, maybe making a new a few friends. So yes. uh, it would be funny, though, if they come back and they find him in, in that. There's a statue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> statue. No, but if they find him, like, wearing the clothes of the people and, you know, people look to him for, for guidance or whatever. And He's the know. folk hero of that village. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I would love it that he's just like, eh, I'm on vacation. This is it. This is my life. But they, um nice relaxing nobody knows who he is he's the guy who blew up like y'all right. i'm the one who blew that up i saved your bacon like <laughs> i live they, they bring out celebration they like put him on a chair and like celebrate him around he gets statue it's ig11 all over again all right uh darian says in the king of staten island he has similar survivors guilt yeah okay. that's true I, I I thought just all the themes he touched on, like both in the what, what was that big jeep called, the Lothiathon, or so, was it? It had some tough name, the Armageddon Roller, or something. Something like that. Thank you. Um, and in that um, mess hall, I, I just thought what like that the putting those real world things like into like you know putting a space coat on it. Um, it was very smart. I, I, I really appreciate it. I, I, I like I, I like seeing two people with jetpacks jump around next to a giant lizard and all that. That that's very exciting for my Star Wars. But um having um a bit more of a, a thoughtful uh scene or two also. I like I like the whole taco. You know what I'm saying? Uh Robbo, glad to have you back, but you've gone. We are on the final shot. What did you make of the um, the, the the voicemail from hell? <laughs> I I'm, I'm kind of conflicted. I feel like on the one hand, unless there's unless they show that a big part of his plan is like psyching out Moff Gideon, which it, it would seem like the way that uh, Giancarlo plays it is like oh. He actually is kind of afraid of this guy, which was an interesting, interesting interpretation. I thought like he didn't show like, you know, he wasn't like 
panicking, but he did look like, oh, wait, I wasn't counting on this guy, which made me think like, well, why didn't you tell your like stormtrooper robots to go shoot at him then? Mm. Doofus. But, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but the, on the other hand, it's like, why would you ever tell somebody I'm coming? Expect me to come here and like, like you, why? <laughs> I like, <laughs> I like the repeat. I get the artistry of like repeating the, the whole thing that, like word for word, which just shows how impressive uh, uh, Din Djarin's memory is. Um, he doesn't get the benefit of those recaps at the beginning of each episode like we do. Uh, you know, so he's pretty, pretty on the ball. But uh, yeah, I was kind of like, I get it. Like some things you just do for dramatic effect. And I, I appreciated it. And I always love a good like gloating hero. It's like, I'm coming to get you. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's cool, right? It was his taken moment. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, re- I really love Din's line when he says um, he means more to me than you'll ever know because I I think there's more of a Mandalorian layer to it because mm-hmm. Grogu and Din are a clan of two. So, you know, they have, there's a clan structure and, and how those exist and evolve are beyond the Empire's comprehension because they don't care about that. So they don't understand it. So to me, the, that line was not only just... You know, I love this. I love this kid, and you will never understand that. But from a Mandalorian perspective, it's he's my kin. He's bonded to me through a Mandalorian ritual, and you will never understand what that means because Gideon can spit out facts about Mandalore and make it seem like he knows what he's talking about, but he really doesn't. He he really just uses information to instill fear and get right. what he wants, uh, but he has no appreciation of it or a deeper understanding of it. I um you hit upon sorry I just like froze but you hit <laughs> upon such a good point about um he, like the empire not understanding like he cuz like the like Gideon wants him for power that Din can't understand and then Din says I want it I I need him more than you know cuz it's like out of love which is like a total, you know, it's like with love, it it's like that no matter what. But with power, it's like, you know, if you lost a Grogu but found a a, a Yadzi that could also fulfill that needs, that's a, it's it's Yaddle's other child. Um, you know, there there is a uh, a huge difference. Now, listen, I have to give it up for Din. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, right? I've watched that finale like six or seven times. He recited those lines way better than I ever could. He, like, what a memory this guy has. Right? <laughs> he, like, wrote it down afterwards, like, some punk said some mean <laughs> things to me today, and now I'm going to write them down so I can say them back. He's like, he's like asking Carl Weathers, like, hey, did he say, like, more than you'll ever know or more than you'll ever understand? I don't, yes. I just want to make Like, do you remember? I'm totally, I'm, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm totally planning a thing. Din Jaren doesn't know how to come up with a fake designation on the spot, can recite Moff Gideon's entire speech from a season ago. I was like, how can you not come up with a TK number? Just throw any number out there. Transport Man. crew. All right. What about this? When he was recording it, do you think he just stood there for five minutes and then later on recorded the audio mask off with with a script? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, but, so here's my theory. So Boba Fett was holding the camera, and Fennec was behind him with the cue cards, uh, and he's like, 
visual. Someone needs to do fan art of that. Oh, yeah. I'm getting my iPad. I'm hoping my Procreate will let me draw. That reminds. Okay, here, here's another one for you because I had it. Sorry, it's like the wet of an open opening monologue with uh, how he used to always reference that card guy and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony Mendez was it? Tony Mendez, the cue card guy. Yeah, and then they ended up. This is just a tangent. They ended up having a big falling out. And really? Like oh. that guy got fired. Was really imagine, Letterman. imagine Letterman being kind of difficult to deal with. Uh, it's a whole that. different side of him. Yeah. Um, wow. Again, no. What you just said, Maggie, reminded me of uh, the thought I had, which is that uh, nobody would be able to teach Boba Fett how to paint Mandalorian armor except for Din Djarin. So maybe he's been waiting this entire time for somebody who can like show him what to do. Like, I just don't know how to hold the airbrush. <laughs> I, like, what do I plug it into? Does it? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, mean, I wish it could have been like a fly in the wall, like in the slave. And he's like, "So I know we have to go get your kid, but I need to paint." Seriously, I'll be back. Ten minutes top. But I feel like there's space YouTube for him to watch tutorials. Yeah. Ah, I don't think Grogu occupied with. Like, they prop up a little like data pad, and he watches it on the holonet. Uh, I know, I know what uh, uh, John Marie's getting at. She thinks that Saving Ren has a YouTube uh, feed where it's just like showing people how to like properly decorate your Mando helmet. How to be a Mandalore. Yeah. Exactly. Part one. Part one. Nice even strokes. Don't tense up, but you know, keep your wrist loose, but nice even strokes, just slightly overlap and you can take care of the little spots later. <laughs> Today just we're that, feeding just a, a happy, just a happy little Mandalorian right here. Yeah. yeah. Very hot <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Um, so as far as scores go and final thoughts, um, my score on the second watch is going to jump up considerably. Um, Maggie, what what was your wrap up of the, uh, episode's final thoughts and a sweet, sweet score. Let's rate art out of 10. One of my favorite things ever scores. Oh, so as a wrap up, this episode was everything I wanted, um, Everything I theorized was going to happen to Din happened in this episode. So I felt very, very satisfied. I was also right about the razor crest blowing up in the last episode. Just throw that out there. Like Whoa. I had theorized that I was right. Anyways, I, I really liked how the, the arc is going. I think this has had some of the best emotional payoff of most recent Star Wars. Um, and I would give this a solid nine out of 10. Tight. Uh, Les, what do you got, buddy? I'm going to give it eight out of 10 it just uh initially just kind of felt down and that's just because the excitement and the oh just the feeling from the last episode was what i was riding on on and uh but it got great it got better it definitely uh evened out for me and um i really really liked uh mayfield's heroic moment i Mayfield, he's my type of guy. He's my type of guy. Uh, Robbo. I mean, look. <laughs> it's it's 10 out of 10 Star Wars for me. It's like there are two sides of Star Wars that I need, and this is one of them, and it's been a long time since I've had it. I, I uh, The other side is like I need like The Last Jedi kind of thing where it's like exploring like the mythology in, in crazy weird ways that I didn't expect that kind of surprise. And then I also need something that just digs deep into the world of star Wars and 
doesn't care about anything else but but making sense. I love little details in this. Uh, the thing I didn't get to mention because I think we kind of passed over it while I was uh, attending to my my kitty, the cat, uh, who will uh, only needs me and, and will not stop crying until I give her like a treat. But um, yeah, like I love how when the idea of the empire is the underdogs now, they're evil underdogs. Don't get me wrong. But like when he says, oh, yeah, he can't hear you because he's uh, he, his hearing was damaged in a, in, a, in a battle. That's like that's the kind of injury that a normal like in a normal military, you would not be seeing combat. So you wouldn't even be like you would definitely not be driving a truck. Um, so like the idea that they all like you're making your sacrifice, son, I appreciate that. Like you're still in the fight. We need good fighters wherever we can get them. That was such a great detail. And God damn it just give give rick everything give him everything i'm not gonna you can patty jenkins can still do her thing that's fine but after that listen except if except like software security everything except <laughs> that. it's no good in the area of software security what Let's, come on you come open on. up his laptop and it's just like can you please verify you have a face all right, you're in. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Robo, you wouldn't be able to pass. <laughs> <laughs> Going for a ten. All right, Joan Marie, uh, where are you at? Um, I'm 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 with Robo on this one. I think it's a ten out of ten. Um, oh. and something that I I I don't think we touched on was the title of this episode, um, "The Believer," and I think personally, I think it applies to Kara, which is odd because she wasn't really that much featured in the episode but um you know she hates imperials it's a very black and white issue for her and um we see her looking at mayfeld like she wants to punch him (laughs) and she doesn't trust him to do this mission right but mayfeld did something she didn't expect and his actions changed her perspective and and in a way it made her a believer I guess in in second second chances and I think um this realization is important for her because she's a marshal now so she can't blindly hate someone because they were an imperial in the past and and there are people out there who have done wrong and there's no doubt about that but some of them actively seek to make it right and others like Mayfeld um, they take that opportunity when they see it and that golden opportunity to eliminate that threat on Morak showed showed Kara that people are capable of change he, he did murder his way into her heart Yes. <laughs> um, this episode for me is kind of like Empire Strikes Back level quality where it's not my favorite, but I kind of know it's the best. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and the first one, I, again, I, I sort of, I had a big, we got 10 shows and, 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 two movies announced and uh <laughs> then i i just gina's presence just mm. it's a buzzkill it is a um it, it makes me uh grit my teeth but um second viewing i was just like this is like a brilliant use of the star wars universe and and the really cool thing about this season and the show is it it does each episode does serve a certain part of what you like in Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Like we've had this like real world and this tension. Then we had, 
you know, Boba Fett jetpacking around or Cobb Vanth and, um, uh, and Din, and then, you know, you've got Grogu and it, it's just, they, they've, they've served. And then you had the, like the horror aspect of, of the spider um, episode and stuff. And uh, it's, it's been really cool how it's not the same vibe each each time. Like it, it is sort of jumping around genres. So I, I um, appreciate that so well. So I'm going to jump up. I, I, I swear to God, after the first um, watch, I thought I was going to give it a six. I've upgraded Robbo to an 8.5. I'm glad my paint job theory did it for you. <laughs> Incredible. And um, I tell you, I did listen to a few podcasts and and stuff before I watched it a second time. So it was interesting to watch it with, like, looking out for the things that, that people had enjoyed and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, I sometimes, like, listen, at the end of the day, I wish people could be more like me. Do you know what I mean? They don't like one bit of it, but then they go back and they watch it because that's how I feel like with the Last Jedi, people just they didn't like one bit of it, so now they're like they they they're heavy on every bit of it. Oh so, yeah, that that was me. That was me with the Last Jedi. I'm like the biggest fan of it, but it's like the first time I saw it, it was like I I kind of loved it, but I hate every everything. It, it hurt <laughs> the first time. It was like yeah, I, I I feel you. That's how it should be. Hate it. So the average score which I think might be the second highest or it might be the highest. I have to go through before the finale next week and uh, work them all out, but an average score of nine. So uh, that is some pretty good action. Um, Great episode in retrospect, egg on my face. (laughs) Next episode, I want length and I want to be at risk of waking my family. Don't we all? Um, Isn't that the dream? Find you a man who can do both. At the screen. Um, Quick run around of uh, what we expect or would like to see. And also we'll use this run around to uh, drop in some sweet plugs. So Maggie, uh, where can the good people of the internet track you down? And then um, any predictions, expectations, hopes, dreams, desires um other than din's face reappearing for the finale uh so you can find me on twitter at maggie of the town it's right down here you can also find me on youtube um i have a new episode up tomorrow and that is um let's talk about star wars so it's youtube.com forward slash c forward slash let's talk about star wars i'm also on the star wars friends podcast um as far as hopes and dreams i do um i do really would Wow, I can't speak. It's 1 a.m. Um, I would really like to see Den helmetless with the child. Um, I have been dying for a Grogu Den moment helmetless. And I feel like there's a, a so I saw a theory on Twitter and I think it kind of aligns with where like some of my thinking was going. And I love the idea of Den being like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to be helmetless and try to take the kid because they're not going to know what I look like. They're going to be expecting a Mandalorian. And like, I love this idea of him like going to rescue the child and the child being like, Whoa, who are you? (laughs) You, I don't, I don't know who you are. Um, And I just, I love that being like, Hey little buddy, like it's me. And I just like, I have this picture in my head now and I can't, can't get rid of it. Oh, I, I feel like Grogu would know his force signature, I guess. Yeah, that's, I, I feel like, so. <laughs> I would hope, but I feel like for good drama, him being oh, like, yeah. no. <laughs> it, 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 
He'd recognize the chin. Exactly. But it's it's like <laughs> those videos like on TikTok of babies meeting their fathers like twins or something and being like <laughs> and I want that. Also, oh, that... I just want I want the baby to interact with Boba and be like, there's two weird helmeted people now in the ship. And where is the ship? Where is the razor crest? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the little ball has to come back into play. I'm just saying. Yeah. He saved it for a reason. Yeah, because when he turns evil, he's going to melt it with the force <laughs> as a sign that um, our Grogu has gone. Um, is he going to make a mini spear out of it? Oh, like Terminator. <laughs> this is good. T-1000. Um, Grogu. The, um, I did think, are you saying about how he's going to take his mask off? I, 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 I'm sort of over it now because when I rewatched the scene, I enjoyed it. But I did think it was like a burn of that mask, like maneuver. I always pictured it, and you know, maybe it's because I pictured it. But he would remove his mask to save Grogu, like yeah, as, as you sort of said. So, what's wrong, Robert? For an, a not under duress moment. That's what yeah. I'm hoping for, because it's been two under duress moments that he had to take the helmet off. So. <laughs> You good down there, robot? <laughs> I'm just trying to picture the scenario where he can only save Grogu with his face. <laughs> no, no. Maybe, maybe he like, has to scan his face. I'll again. let you have the baby, but you must bob for these apples. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you Okay, be? okay. No, no, no. Okay. I have I have I've theorized about this. Everyone shut up, right? <laughs> I, I, I just remembered I worked out a theory. Because he's getting taunted by um, Moff Gideon and the dark side. You've seen some dark side tendencies. So Grogu would be in this, like he'd be dark and he'd be doing bad stuff. And to snap him out of it, Din would like take his helmet off to like, like connect. So there, bang. I mean, Ahsoka did tell him to connect with him, so... Exactly. And if Grogu sees grids A7 through to A13, I, I think it could do some... Yeah, um, he, he would work. definitely connect with that part of the quadrant of the space that he's never seen before. Right there. <laughs> Just the chin, last, man. Just the chin. Last, where, can the, where can the good people of the internet track you down? And um, uh, any, any, any thoughts going into the uh, season finale? Uh, you can track me down on Twitter at lessismore 78 uh, you can also hear me and my other friends on our uh, show, The Sip List. Uh, we have a new episode this Sunday. Um, what I hope to see, I'm, I'm, look, there's going to be a very heroic moment. And then Den may be getting close to saving Grogu. And Grogu's going to get snatched and we're not going to see anything after that. I, I think it's going to be a cliffhanger moment a very bad one and we're going to be stuck just sitting on it. Like I said before, it's, I really, really have a bad feeling. That's a reference. Yeah. Um, I got that one. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And, and I do have to say less you, I, I've been studying across all of star Wars content. Um, I'm, I'm listing the top people that pronounce Grogu. Like this most soothing, and, and and you're up there. You've got a good Grogu. Oh, okay. So congratulations. It's um, it's not something you can just fake. You yeah, either, it rolls off the tongue. You either got a good Grogu or you don't. Robbo, um, where can the good people of the internet track you down? And uh, a bit of uh, thoughts about the future. 
like in general or the show? <laughs> <laughs> Edible close deal. It's going to be a big thing. Everybody should invest now. Um, I got you. I got. I, I had to get somebody. Um, right. Yeah, I'm hey, on. For, a, me, for me, it's 10 p.m., so I'm fine. But um, <laughs> I'll take what I can get, man. I'll take what I can get. This skull needs those laughs. I'm like Batman for laughs. Um, I have a. I, I do a a video game related show. It's, it's a whole different sphere of nerdery. It's called Hardcore Gaming 101. Don't let the name fool you. We're not that serious. Um, you can find us at uh, you know Hardcore Gaming 101 uh, wherever fine podcasts are streamed. I also do a bonus show with uh, with uh, Steel on his uh, Patreon feed. So if you want to hear more insufferable opinions from the skull, that's where you get them. Uh, how much a month does that cost you, Steel? Uh, th- three dollars a month, buddy. Worth every penny, if I do say so myself. I'm gonna throw it to Joan Marie. Um. Well, you can find me. I'm just in my giggly state at right now. <laughs> but you can find me on Twitter with the handle at Blue Jake Eyes. And um, I also podcast with my mom um, in the Geeky Bubble Pod. But we're sort of on a break right now until Bad Batch comes back um, or comes, arrives soon, hopefully. Um, but uh, in terms of, uh, uh, I was going to say premonitions, but in terms of predictions for next week, um, I really don't have anything. I just know that it's going to be bad. It's mm-hmm. going to be bad. Um, but uh, predictions for the uh, like the series finale, he's totally going to Sorgan <laughs> with his yes. helmet off yes. to, uh, to find Omira again. That's how it's going to I have end. no idea what that means. <laughs> Sorkin chapter four, Omira. He's going to retire and become a krill farmer. It's going to be great. He's going to be a krill farmer. Oh, oh, he's going to go back. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Pretty girl. Yeah. That's that's my prediction. I think I don't. I think he. I think he's kind of nervous around women, to be honest. (laughs) Oh yeah. Something about the uh, never showing a woman your face might might have uh, messed him up a little bit. (laughs) I don't know. Throwing it out there. Okay. I I think. think I think he's going to go and, and, and take off more than these masks, just quietly. So, <laughs> yeah. And she's going to be like, who the hell are you? You, you said the quiet part out loud, and I love it. Um, the, uh, since I didn't do the future prediction thing, I kind of want to know what everybody, who everybody thinks is going to be the one to betray Mando. I hope it's... You hope it's... I don't think anyone will. Boo. Moving on. So I keep accidentally calling next week's episode the betrayal, and I don't know why. I, I did it twice today, and it's like I don't know where it's coming from. So I feel like somebody's going to betray him, but I don't know who. And I really hope it's not Fennec. Mm, I'd be so bummed if it was. Because I'm, I'm shipping Fennec and Boba, so I like don't want her to be oh, bad. Because I think they're going to betray him together. Oh, okay, that's no. fine. I'll go with that. That'll be fun. Okay. I'm taking my hat out of that ring. I'm. <laughs> I said I'd help you get him back. I never said why do you after that. <laughs> wow. Stop throwing to people. <laughs> He's like, this is my po- my podcast now. Uh, I'm sorry, right. I, I host another show. This is all I know. <laughs> Catherine, oh, Catherine Neen uh, in the super chat says, I can't wait for all the Cassian round tables. Now, Catherine, how about 
as tradition, we'll, we'll call you at the start of each of the roundtables just to hear you crying with tears of joy after each one because Catherine, she's been in this fight since she was six years old. Is that how old you was? <laughs> um, I don't know how long, but, but she is um, very excited. Very excited for that, Cassian. Uh, James Waterman in the Super Chat says, great panel tonight, y'all steal. Hall's got Boba, Corey got Ahsoka, Alex D, oh, Alex, I was explaining, got a Squadron movie. Think you're owed a Luke appearance soon. Oh, yes, a, a, a Jedi. I'm sure Grogu had contacted someone, and maybe this someone will appear. Um, and so, save the day. And save, a lot and help of people save. want it to be Luke, yeah. 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 Wait, what if a Jedi shows up and, like, takes the child from yeah Dan? after he gets him back? Like, he gets That's him back and then I, I might up. be okay with that. I might be Because, okay like, let's be real. The Jedi like taking children. <laughs> They're snatching. Yeah, that, that, real, real talk right there. Just saying. <laughs> when Ahsoka said, oh, I can't take him. He's too connected to you. I was like, I was oh, like, you mean like every liar. other infant ever is connected to their parents? Yeah. Maybe this is all a bad idea from the beginning and it didn't make Come any on. sense in the first place. But right. imagine that though. Like he gets the kid back. He's like, everything's good. The Jedi shows up and's like, I got to take the kid. And he just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. or my friend Elisa had mentioned, uh, my best friend mentioned how um, it, it could be the scenario where the Jedi actually sticks with Din. So maybe he has like a partner in the series oh. moving forward. Oh, yeah, ooh, that's wow. interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. I don't think you're going to get Sam Jackson on board for that many episodes, though. <laughs> you really think I, I it just, would be? I just him? said that. I like it to see. Uh, I like to watch Steel Screen when he when he throws up in his mouth a little bit. Like, oh man, no! I, oh, I feel no. like uh, it's going to be oh. Luke. It's going to be Luke, and then you're going to see like Luke take it out on like now. Who's the wise master? Huh? Now who likes it? Uh, <laughs> Let me. You carry me. Boy. You carry. <laughs> I, I I I said today, Robbo, that whilst I'd be disgusted if uh, Mace Windu came back, I would be happy that a um, ex Mad Magazine employee got a writing job. So that, that's that just sounds like their old things of like Lando's cousin comes to meet like Leia's pet. Um, their convoluted storylines I used to make fun of. Now, please, it's it's. I can't even, I can't even think about a world where that happens. When there's there's a perfectly good computer that can make Luke Skywalker appear on my TV screen. Come on, ignite the green. I um, <laughs> I, I, I when he betrays Din Djarin and and uh, sells him out to. I don't reckon. Oh, no. I'm not into betrayal. I don't reckon there's going to be any betrayal. But I am, I am. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to have my mind blown next uh, Friday morning. I'm very, very keen. And thanks for everyone for joining us on the panel, uh, including Hawes, who's probably now sleeping and and, and just saying um, Boba, Boba, Boba Fett in um, in, in his little snores. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching the, the viewership over – the seven weeks that we've been doing this every Saturday night has, has gone up every time. So I, I really appreciate it because we're, we're a little humble channel here and uh, we're trying to good, do good stuff and we've got a good crew in the chat 
and um, I really appreciate it. So hit the little like and help out the algorithm and uh, hit subscribe because I do it live 4 p.m. 7 p. Uh, 4 p.m. West, 7 p.m. East every day, um, as well as like the podcast that you can find on iTunes. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you, Les. Thank you, Robbo. Thank you, Jonah Marie. Thanks to the chat. Thanks to Sleeping Whores. I have had an absolute ball, but honestly, at almost two hours, this podcast has gone on long enough. So we are out here of here. Maggie, you put those eyes back down and may that force, that's better, be with you. That's more like it. Respect the Calican. Come on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 